is this? Oh, oh, oh hey, hey, I, I would like to get out. Look at this. I'm better one in the glove, though. Yeah. I, guess I ain't trying to go back to jail. $200 for Collins. Not Collins' gun. Very nice. Oh, I just got an Uber pickup. <laughs> you got it. Is this an Uber? Hell yeah. Slow down. No, you can't catch me. I'm on too fast on the gas. Don't change me. Put him up like this, you guys. I'm a tough guy. I'm a tough guy. Do me a favor. I got three days left on this probation. When you got that gun on you, just don't tell me about it. Plausible deniability. Oh, do you mean this gun? Get out. <laughs> Good night, Colin. Yo. Bro. Stop. It's the Bull and Rojas and DeSisto podcast, episode 121. First one under the uh, the official DeSisto era. I'm Nick Rojas. You can't see it, but I'm, I'm shaking He's my hands. That's Mark DeSisto. And that's Nick Boyle wearing a Rocco's Modern Life hat. Uh, yep. Fellas, r- before I ask how you're doing, we have a new name for the podcast. It will be, be revealed later when we actually Ooh. have a logo and we can actually like so roll it suspense. out on social. And then, uh, But shout out to... Cousin-in-law, Dan Letterer, with uh, core and screen with NMN. That's the temporary uh, quarantine name for it. So it's uh, core and screen, uh, which I do like because that's literally spending the entire quarantine in front of screens. Core and screen. But guys, (laughs) how are we doing? A lot of movies? No. No, I'm still still at a minimal. And I feel like I've actually been getting worse. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I had a comeback, a bit of a comeback this week. I believe I cranked out ten, yes. which is up from like four last episode. So you'd say we're building momentum. We're getting there. You've watched ten movies this month. Good for you. Uh, since the last episode, twelve movies or eleven. We recorded somewhere between the twenty third and twenty sixth, or something like that. Well, when we were trying to go over tonight's script, and I. Literally could not think of a certain section of the pod tonight, and I was like, "Guys, I might not have enough movies." <laughs> the well is dry. That's where, where we, it's a very boil front loaded episode, guys. Let's uh, let's go into the news. Love that. Let's go into the news. Look, so municipalities across the the world over the last week or so, including UK, Canada, and LA, are allowing filming productions to resume this month. Now we got late breaking news. Can I get a breaking news sound effect, guys? So we had right before the podcast. <laughs> that was great, and I like the sign language uh, from DeSisto. Yeah, I was like, uh, breaking news. Wow. Um, so that was the worst breaking news sound of all time. But whatever. it was kind of <laughs> scary. Uh, yeah. Breaking news, literally like ten minutes before we recorded. California allows movie theaters to reopen on June twelfth with restrictions. Subheadline for the first two weeks: cinemas are expected to operate at twenty five percent reduced capacity. Sources say up to hundred people. Or 25% capacity, whichever is the lower number. And that means that Tenet might be released in theaters on July 17th. Guys, how are we feeling about this news? Uh, amped. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say jacked all the way up. Yeah, seriously. Do you guys remember what movie theaters were, was like? 
Uh, I, can, like, I remember I was with you guys and my friends. <laughs> I wish they could have been like, guys, theaters, we've been hit hard. So until we're able to reopen, here's a Yankee candle from Showcase Cinemas that just smells like a movie theater. Pure leather. <laughs> You're just like, ah, I miss it. Leather and buttered popcorn. Yep. I'm going to say like cheap Lysol, a little bit of butter. Yeah, just a lot of smells. Uh, yeah, but so the theaters are reopening. Now, the first question I have for you guys is – how do we feel about going back to a theater in June? Let's throw out tenant out the window. How do you I feel about be, going to theaters in June? In. If they opened it um, tonight, I'd, I'd go. Yeah. Um, I'm comfortable enough to do that. You know, I'd do whatever whatever they told me to do. I'm not going to complain as long as I can see the movie. <laughs> Boyle? Right, like, yeah, if they made me wear like a full like screen, like a football-sized visor of like the 3D glasses or whatever, I'd do it. <laughs> If it if I had to sit in one of like the like old hair salon like bubble helmets that came over your head just to watch the movie, um, I would do that. I'm with you both a hundred and three hundred thousand percent. Basically, I think we're in this weird spot of everything going on where things are supposed to warm up. Research is saying things are dying down. Everyone feels a little bit more comfortable. I don't think I could wear a mask the whole time, so I would hope that they could maybe uh, space people out accordingly and kind of maybe offer maybe some more showings of the bigger films and keep it just the big blockbusters like we talked about, but take up like six screens instead of three, you know, something like, you know, that's a terrible comparison because no, I know that's, it's more, that's, but you know what I mean. Yeah, that's what they that's what they plan on uh, doing, boy. That's yes. a good point. They want to do, like you said, more screens dedicated to one movie and staggered seating so people can't sit you know within a seat of each other yes Um, they can't every other row is taken up instead of each row they're gonna have to get creative what movie i mean especially because what about buying ahead of tickets nick like for example if you know there's a difference between buying two seats for people and then what if you're a family of four what if it's like six of you like you like think about a normal night of us going out we would take up six seats so are they going to allow that or are they going to be like no you guys have to separate and we're only allowing two to four max like i don't i don't know how they're going to do it but i think we'll we'll adapt I'm fine with sitting two rows behind you guys. At least, at least we're all at the same movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, you know, I don't. I think the ones who want to go are gonna do it, and at least we can start funding the film industry again to get these films back out there. Mark, I mean, short. I mean, what's gonna be the movie that gets you back in the time uh, being before uh, Tenet? Uh, before <laughs> Tenet, I, I'm still. I really wanted to see um, Black Widow. That was yeah. my like movie that I was like planning around to go see. I was like, this one I'm all jacked up. As we know, I am the resident Scarlett Johansson super fan. I've seen most of her terrible movies just so I can appreciate the better ones. I wanted to see that bad, and it's the it was like kind of the perfect like kickoff to summer blockbuster that we were going for. Like big big effects, you know, a, a star that you know really gets all the fans going. Like everybody loves uh, Black Widow, and it. Just because you know how her character goes, everyone wants to see like this is her, you know, her send off movie. Like we have to go see it. Um, but since they moved that, I mean, if they could open it up and put that like, like night one, like hey, we're opening up for this, not tenant. That's the one I would have seen. Yeah. Can I just throw this out there? Completely like subjected argument, 
devil's advocate, Mark. I sure. am like the biggest Marvel fan and am looking forward, obviously, to everything about the new phase. But I could have cared less. Like, and really? I, I, I hate to say that, but it's like I almost know, and this is a classic. Like, I, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm stabbing my own self in the back with a knife. Here you we know, go. like, can't wait. This is a complete setup movie. Like, there's no point in this movie, and it's literally going to explain where the rest of this whole storyline is going to go, and it's going to be the last ten minutes of the extra credit scene. And I feel like, will we enjoy the movie? 125 percent we this movie's gonna rock it's gonna have good action we're gonna love it she's back she's wonderful the character's perfect but am i like that excited no like to me tenant's the one i'm gonna get out to go see um i mean i'd even contemplate even though it's a sequel of quiet place 2 or james, the new james bond movie like there's a few other ones that i think i'd rather no, I'm gonna go see first before Black Widow. Mm. But I, I, I really want to see it, so I can't. I'm not disregarding. I hope you understand that. Boy, so it's just like. But I thought it was interesting. You brought up that James Bond too. I was getting all fired up to watch that as well. Well, it gives uh, us plenty of time. It's like we got an extension on a test, Mark. Now we exactly. can see all the. Now we can see all the James Bond movie <laughs> leading up no, to what, it. Ross, <laughs> yeah, what were you looking forward to seeing? Like, what would you? What would be the first thing you need to see? In, besides Tenet, I feel like everyone's answer is Tenet. What you know, would be your other thing? Well, and shout out to Dual Redundancy because every year we come on to do the summer preview thing. So I didn't even get – look, again, we've been prefacing everything we say with the coronavirus has been very serious. So I don't want to take anything away from it at all. Uh, but I, it took away the even ability to even think about summer movies. I didn't even get the chance to think about them yet in March. Usually I think about totally. them in April. Um, yes. Because yeah, late before April, then. Yeah, because usually late the April – Entertainment Weekly – packet comes out in like february march it's the february march issue usually oh, yeah. and summer usually begins may mo- it, it, the first marvel movie in late april is usually the kickoff of summer and i didn't even but yeah so for me it was always tenant tenant was the big movie for me this summer followed by wonder woman 1984 that was my one-two punch fired up about those two yeah. and then uh really the only other Big movie I was excited about. Uh, well, I guess not. I shouldn't say that because I'm always excited about every movie, as you guys are too. There's always something to get us excited. But the third movie I was excited for this year was um, Dune. And obviously, that's yeah. December. So we don't have to think right. about that yet. But I'm still excited. I'm still down to go to a drive in. But if movie theaters open up again, that's less of an ordeal. But now, what about. Okay, so you bring that up. Is it even worth the money and time to go to a drive-in? And I'm laughing talking about this because I'd be the first one to be like, guys, you want to go this weekend? But uh, the, <laughs> it, it, the thing would be, though, Boyle, theaters would have to open up for new movies to come to drive-ins because there isn't enough money in drive-ins. The the theaters – I mean the movie studios won't make enough money. They're, for every regular theater they have in this country, they probably – like – I'm sorry. For every like 20 regular theaters they have in this country, they have like one drive-in theater. So I don't know. It's going to be a situation where – they open up the theaters, but it's like 50% capacity, and um, you know what? Like, we don't have that additional income coming in, so let's go see one movie for the price of uh, – two movies for the price of one, load up the van, and we'll go there. But if theaters can open up again and we can be cooking, like, I don't – you know, it might just be one trip to the drive-in this year. I don't know. You guys have any more thoughts about this? No. <laughs> well, let's move I'm... on. Yeah, Boyle? <laughs> I was going to say I'm literally currently looking up – what's playing at the drive-in this Friday. So I'll be I'll be tuned, but keep moving along. Well, Mark, this past... Well, between last episode and this episode, we finally have HBO Max being released upon the world. 
I woke up one morning. I updated my apps like I always do in the morning. Fun little thing I do like, ooh, updated apps, even though it's usually just bugs that they fix, whatever. And I woke up one morning to the purple HBO Max logo replacing HBO Now. So we can get into what the difference is if we want to. But Mark, now that we've had HBO Max for about two weeks, what have your been initial thoughts? So I've been getting after it, um, just like um, because I really wanted to just maximize like the beginning stages to see how. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, you got me. (laughs) Um, Honestly, it's not much different than the HBO that I had. Besides HBO Go, except a lot of original content I didn't really ask for, and then like um, with the Looney Tunes, I saw that that was there, and I was like, you know what? If I'm having like a rough morning and I could use like a couple like old school Bugs Bunny cartoons, that'd be, I mean, this is ideal. It's convenient. But yeah. hearing like kind of like the new stuff that they're putting on it um, has not interested me all that much. Like, um, just, and I looked at um, some of the other like tabs besides like, you know, classic movies and original programming and all that stuff. I wanted because since I've had HBO Go for so long, right? I didn't really need, um, you know, to kind of go through that kind of stuff. But just seeing, like, even, like, the cartoons, I guess, I was, like, hoping for some more adult-oriented cartoons. Um, which is, there's, like, a couple on there, but nothing, like, nothing really jumped out. It's just kind of like, all right, there was this big announcement to not get that much more. Um, but I did try to, I've, I've utilized, I think it's good. Like, um, it's fine. I don't, I don't, <laughs> it's not, like, mind-blowing. It's not like, wow, I needed this. I feel that. It's anytime a new streaming thing comes out, you're it's just exciting because you're like, ooh, a new library of movies and TV shows and everything like that. Like, awesome, more options. Here's the plus: I woke up and I automatically had it. Sweet, didn't have to dig anywhere. Downfall: what the heck, guys? Couldn't get a deal with Roku and Amazon Fire, which pretty much I think the statistics on it and dual redundancy did a, a really good job displaying this, but just about how prevalent Roku is built into a lot of smart TVs. So the fact that I need a Chromecast in order to get out of my TV, I've been watching a lot of it on my laptop, the HBO Max stuff. Those are the negatives. They got to get that figured out. Let's be honest. I I agree because um, I tried to download it and I was and I was like and it wasn't popping up and I thought something was wrong with like my Fire Stick. Yeah, and then, like I don't know why it wouldn't be an immediate transition. You have to go online. It's like gonna... it, every headline was like HBO Max is here. Awesome. Unless you're Roku and Amazon Fire Stick yeah. person, it's like, oh, so everyone, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, like I don't want to bash HBO Max, but AT and T, the parent company, did kind of a, a a bad job with this rollout and telling everybody, like, look, again, you have to go online to know that there's a big difference between HBO Go, HBO Now, and HBO Max. Right now, HBO Now is on your Roku and Fire Stick right now for the time being. HBO Max is on your laptop, your phone, uh, your tablet, and uh, some other TV devices. HBO Max has all the stuff that's on HBO Now, plus the entire Warner Brothers library, TCM, Studio Ghibli, Crunchyroll, uh, car- some Cartoon Network stuff. So I guess in the most vague terms possible, if you're wondering what the differences are, that's what it is right now. Um, just think of HBO Max as having more on top of extra what HBO TV. Now is. And like I think – Right. And Mark, and you notice too when you're on there, the stuff that is HBO stuff is labeled as like little parentheses HBO, like the movies – Meaning yes. that it's going to leave the app eventually because those things are based off contracts. The stuff that doesn't have the HBO parentheses onto it, that's part of Warner Brothers library that they own. That's going to be on the app forever. Right. So 
if you're going through if you're listening to us and then you're going through the app or, and you're like all right what do, what what belongs to this app versus what's going to come and go that should help you out so i want to say i love the amount of classic movies there's like nine afi movies on there that i don't know say that that's probably the best um yeah. That was uh, the best thing about it, all these uh, old school movies, which I'll talk about later. Yes, exactly. So I'm fired up about that. Um, look, going forward, I'm very excited that South Park is arriving in its entirety on June 24th, uh, all 23 seasons. And then Doctor Sleep is coming later this month, month, which I'm jacked up about. Boyle, anything to do with uh, HBO Max? Yeah, I just – I would say that if I could guess – let me put it to you this way. I, I don't have it right now. Um, I know Mark lets me occasionally use his HBO regular account so I can watch something. So if that they're we listening together, to this, I don't want them to block. Yeah, that, no. So just like, so we don't know what you're talking about, bro. Beat yeah, that right I'm up. Wink. Yeah, I'm winking. I'm winking at him. Yeah. Isn't yeah, that a family yeah. plan? <laughs> <laughs> I let so and so let me possibly watch something with them at their house. Um, and <laughs> HBO Max is going to be something really good. Um, I think in like the end of the summer. Let them get the kinks out. Let them get the new stuff in. Let them get deciding what they want to try to keep and what they don't want to keep. And come fall, they'll be in a good rhythm of things. So I think you guys are in a weird spot where this wasn't able to be downloaded. And this wasn't because it's their first time trying to release. But you guys have great points is that their material will be worth the lifetime of being an HBO member. I can, I can say right now, right now. I'm much more likely to click on the HBO Max app than I am Disney Plus. I, I would agree, and I would even agree above um, Amazon Prime. Amazon, I'd said that before. I feel like they're starting to slouch too. Like the yeah. offerings with all the Warner Brother pictures, as well as these ones that the HBO company will be able to, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll put your thing on our streaming service for, you know three weeks and then you're out you know i think that they'll have something to work with there um whereas you're right disney plus i couldn't even tell you the last time i opened it which yeah. is kind of sad yeah well it's yeah one one last thing what's the interest excitement level for justice league snyder cut so excited i don't care i don't care if it's literally eight hours i will be all in only because as a fan I watched the first Justice League cut, the regular cut, and I was like, they tried to, they tried to, like, push together and cram way too much into that movie before they even released, they really should have broken it up into separate movies and then had them come together for the Justice League, but they were like, no, 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 we're just going to skip to this. So the Snyder cut is going to go into all of their bios a little bit more i feel like maybe have some more emphasis with the villain and you'll feel a little bit more of a connection to the movie the justice league was all over the place and i feel like the schneider cut the snyder cut is going to be enjoyable in whatever lengths that it is but mark what do you think you're 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 kind of a fan too what do you think i i am a fan um i fell asleep the first time i tried to watch the justice mm. league movie um yeah. that was me with batman was... v superman it, it was oh that's another one I fell asleep fell asleep fell asleep <laughs> I tried it's like yep. I wanted to like it and that's what's uh, that's what's disheartening it's they're like dark we want, lullabies we want, we want these <laughs> yeah it's like we want these movies to be good like how come the animated ones are just so much better we were like why I like, don't, why can't they figure this out it's not like we go into theaters being like can't wait to hate watch the heck out of this movie we go in being like I hope this is good yeah 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. I, but Boyle, didn't they didn't they all have movies before that first Justice League movie came out? No. No. The only one was Batman vs Superman, and then Wonder Woman came out right before it, and then that was it. So, um, Aquaman, so Aquaman came out after. after Aquaman movie. was after. after. That's the so Flash. Dumb. They're still making the Flash movie. The Flash That's got not fired, written out. Right? That's the TV show Flash. Flash. No, and the he's not even the Flash. He was like a kid. He was a guy it that was, was on Flash. Oh. Yeah. It was, you know, what's weird is that the, the Flash TV show is called, like, it's based upon the paradox, the Flash paradox. However, so is the movie that they're making, and they didn't use the same person. It, it was just, it was a lot of weird, but whatever. Like the point is, all of the movies, no. Like, even Cyborg. Cyborg's still supposed to get a movie eventually. It's like, nothing, they tried to rush it, and it just... Yeah. They ruined Cyborg, their chances like, of everything. Cyborg is just so not interesting. They panicked. Like, they panicked. Well. <laughs> they were and, like, um, wow, Marvel's succeeding and DC has nothing. <laughs> they're like, what do we got? The, um, what's the bad guy's name in that again? Dark Side? Like, no. I it's like uh, Wolf Baven or something. Bale, oh, uh, ba- yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, See, we don't even know like Thanos. Like Everyone knows who Thanos is. Like, yeah. He rules. Then there's... Um, Steppenwolf or whatever his name is. Steppenwolf, yeah, that's totally what it was. I was thinking originally of Wolfenstein. Do you remember that old <laughs> video game, the computer game Wolfenstein, yes. dude? That game ruled. <laughs> that was like the Arnold Schwarzenegger of like, I'll be. He looked in the mirror and go, "Wow, I'm good looking." <laughs> I go, it's time to kick butt and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. <laughs> hey, fun fact: you know who said that in the movies? Uh, yes, I know who that is. Oh, um, it's a professional wrestler, Rowdy Roddy Piper in They Live. Yep, oh. correct. Correct. Ding, ding, ding. I've never actually wow. seen that movie. <laughs> Neither have I, but I, everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. <laughs> it's a great movie. <laughs> um, well, moving along, guys. We've seen a bunch of movies, and some of us haven't seen a bunch of movies. But the first one we're going to talk about is Blind Spotting, 2018 film. It is on HBO now. And HBO and HBO Max and HBO Go, <laughs> a lot of HBOs through June. So if you're interested in this, check it out. You have the rest of this month. 2018 movie directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada, starring David Diggs and Rafael Casal, who are great friends for about 20 years in real life. Plot of the movie is: While on probation, a man begins to reevaluate his relationship with his volatile best friend. It takes place in Oakland. Guys, what did we think about blind spotting? Boyle just finished it, so I'm gonna let him think about his thoughts for a second. We're gonna go to Mark real quick. All right, we're gonna ease into it with me. I thought this movie was great. Um, very enjoyable characters. I thought each one um, came off um, likable in their own way. Like sort of like it was kind of easy to get invested in these um, so-called uh, you know criminals. And, uh, and what have you, um, kind of like, you know, making them seem friendly and approachable right from the start to kind of get you in until they slowly kind of re- reveal their, uh, like darker side and, uh, like more, more twisted, but we can get into that later as a, as a group discussion. Um, I thought it was great. I thought the directing was really good I thought because like the imagery and, uh, sort of visions that they kind of had each of them popping up and, uh, like flipping back to the memories or the, the cut scenes to, um, like the old memories and things. I thought it was very well put together. Yeah. Um, 
And and the two lead actors, as you mentioned, are two main characters. I like. I thought they both did such a, a phenomenal job in their roles. Uh, their chemistry was off the hook, and also when they were separate, though, when you see them like how how they are, you know, when they're not together, I thought just the way that they could both encapsulate the full like character of what we were supposed to get. I thought they did such a good job. It was so easy to just get sucked into this movie and have a great time. Um, even with its short runtime, I mean, it was, it, I didn't feel too short, even though going into it, kind of looking at it, that it's, um, it's runtime's what, like 96 minutes? Yeah. Brief. I thought, yeah, I thought actually that, um, the pacing was great. Like, even though it was a quick movie, it didn't feel quick, but in like the, the best way possible. And then overall, I mean, just the way that they, that they balanced such a difficult like kind of topic that nobody really wants to talk about, but they mixed in, uh, they mixed in humor with it. And so it kind of lightened it up. So it wasn't, this could um, have been a heavy movie. Like the, yeah. They, they, um, they pull back the reins a little bit to kind of let you glide through the movie rather than, uh, you know, making you slightly uncomfortable or anxious while, you know, some of these events are going on. I thought the way that they could balance that, like the one liners were really funny, but, um, it was only kind of to break up how serious this was, let you kind of get through it. Um, I thought it was such a strong and relevant story just for today's social climate. I would definitely, definitely re- recommend going seeing it. What do you, uh, how many kernels do you give this one? I gave this one on the new uh, D-Swole star scale. So we're going out of fives. And I gave it four out of five swole stars. Swole stars. Oh, they're like jacked up stars. I like yeah, that. they're all like this. <laughs> They're flexing. Like, I picture yeah, like the be. little corners of the stars just getting these giant biceps that stick up. It's so funny. It's just beefy, beefy it's just stars. A star with, yeah, a star with anchor arms. <laughs> like, sir, that's a circle. It's no, it's a star flexing. Like, whoa. <laughs> and all the planets go. Ooh. You got to think of the star from a Lego Movie, though. That is the best. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the oh, pain. Yeah. It's getting so cold. Oh, oh, the pain. Boyle, you just um, saw it. Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, should I go or do you want to go? All right, I saw it the other day. I, I saw it's, it. it's up to you. I, I'm ready I'll to go. go I'll go. I don't know if you feel like I'll, I'll go. Uh, Take the I, I saw it on, on June 5th, so I saw it a few days ago. Uh, so it's been ruminating in my brain the other day. And, um, ruminating in my brain. Honestly, kind of like what Mark said, this is a movie that kind of like just sticks in your head a little bit and you know it's good because it's been a few days and it's one of the only movies I can really remember vividly out of all the movies I've seen in the last few days, like the characters are just so engaging and, and interesting. And there's just so many in such a short movie. There are so many scenes that you remember that I'm going to remember years from now. Like, Oh yeah, that scene where he, uh, he's going in and, uh, his partner is saying he got into a, an altercation with the cops last night. And he has to tell the girl that we don't know is his ex-girlfriend. Uh, no, I didn't like, so like, that's a you know funny scene. The scene that you find out what actually happened. Um, I will say going into this movie, I'd wanted to see this movie for two years. Yes. When it was being promoted, it was being promoted as a serious movie that um, seemed to be centered around the shooting that happens in the first ten minutes of the movie. And it's while that movie that, that while that scene definitely permeates itself throughout the movie. Don't get me wrong; that isn't like what this movie is. And it's, it's not the plot of the movie at don't, all. No, don't don't go in thinking that I'm taking medicine because it it doesn't feel like medicine. So don't think of that. It's this is a like Mark said, very entertaining movie. I love the directing in this movie. It's such a kinetic camera moving throughout the whole movie. It's just constantly moving. The colors 
are really popping. There are a lot of creative choices here that are made that are um, kind of like hyper-realistic uh, kind of brushes with, you know, a lot of people appearing while he's on a run or these vivid dreams. This movie kind of almost feels like it is a, a, a kind of like a, a weird dreamlike version of what Oakland is. And, you know, we haven't lived in Oakland. But this movie was created by two guys who are from the Bay Area, the lead characters here, David and Raphael. Um, this is such a personal movie, and you can tell that it was personal to them. Just some quick notes, and then I'm going to send it to Boyle. Uh, you know that scene where they're packing up all the pictures and portraits? And he goes, oh, Dante's and Santiago can't be facing each other. They don't get along. Those portraits are actually David's father and Raphael's father in real life. No it, way! Yeah. Yes! That's their actual father, so that's a little what? joke that they didn't I have them facing I each other. That. I love little things like that. Um, they had been working on this movie since 2009. They finally were able to make it. Um, wow. Obviously, David was working on Hamilton and was so busy. He was like, I have 21 days to make this movie in June. That's all we have. So uh, they made it in like June 2017. They filmed it. Wow. And then it came out the uh, next year. So um, that's all I have to say. Nine out of ten kernels. I just want to say I really admire this movie a lot. I was greatly entertained. And uh, I loved the performances. There are some things that I that happened that I was kind of like, oh, okay, I can see how this would you know, take some people out of this movie or things like that. But I feel like it did enough leading up to it for you to think that it was acceptable within the framework of the movie. Um, and I just want to quickly say, boy, before I pass it on to you, that the scene that happens with the little boy in the middle of the movie, my heart rate, Pulp Fiction-esque, how stressed out I got. So, oh, yeah. I was sweating bullets. Yep. <laughs> yep. I was like, what do we got going on? We were just laughing five seconds ago. What What are we doing here? Uh, but, Boyle, take it away. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll kind of take that, run a little bit with it. I would agree with that scene. That scene was intense guys like i i sat up in my seat like oh no is this is this really where this movie's about to go like are we really going down this path this is gonna happen this is it like and like you said two seconds before you were just laughing um that shows the pace of this movie it's very fast paced an hour and a half hour 36 minutes um which was i thought kind of relieving you know, the rest of this lineup for the night that we have is a lot of two, two and a half hour movies that have, you know, been extremely, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be homework or like, you know, and then still enjoyed it, whatever. But like this was, I popped it on. I was like, whoa, this is a quick flick. And the pacing starts right away. You just hop right into it. All I knew Rojas was that shooting scene that we, you know, you see in the trailer and you know about, but like you said, it was kind of a back image for him and you kind of follow his story and how that plays a little prevalence into his life story. But like, not, I don't know. Like, I guess the, uh, there's pros and cons of this movie. I want to get into, I will come right out and say that I'm giving this, um, a 9.5 out of 10 on the, um, Fisher scale, uh, or translation to a 4.5 out of five on the stars. Uh, for me, this was a beautifully put together movie. I thought the directing was fabulous. I'm going to tell you right now, Carlos Lopez Estrada. He also, um, he's the director. He was a, he's a writer and producer as well. He's also directed Legion, which was the X-Men sci-fi thriller on USA, which was like this wicked, mind-trippy, 
crazy like sort of feel to it. He also did Billy um, Eilish's "When the Party's Over" music video. So he he he's got this trend about him that's this trippiness, which I didn't know until just looking up before the pod. Um, but you're right, the colors, the contrast, the transitions. I mean, the first seven minutes leading right up into the title on the theater, I was like, oh my God, I love this movie. Like, I was already like, you already earned it nine out of ten. Let's see what happens. Like, and I was, because I thought that the filmography behind it was so well done. The way that they shot these different scenes and, and the relationship between the characters and they didn't need to go into all these details of their lives and their childhoods. They didn't do flashbacks. It's like, no, 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 you're seeing them now. You're seeing them what's going on. You can infer what happened in their childhood at certain scenes, by the way, what they talk about. But for them, you're getting the raw in the moment in there. I want to guess their late 20s, 30s-ish kind of thing. I don't know. I'm going to maybe 30s. Um, yeah, but, I, was thinking, I was thinking 30s. Yeah, it, it just... You knew something bad was going to go on, you know, just the way the lead up to the movie goes. But um, it just, I thought that the movie took nice turns when it did. I thought it took interesting takes. Um, again, there's pros and cons of the whole movie, and I'm fine with talking about one more with you guys. But overall, I mean, this movie, I just even thought like when they had conversations on the phone and it was the split screen and they looked like they were talking to each other. I. Th- the only part I will say, and I would love to hear what you guys think. So we talked about that other scene before. When it comes to he's calling Val on the phone at the end, and then it goes, goodbye, Val. And then it hangs up and it goes black. Love that. Yeah. I looked at Michaela and I said, I wish it ended there. I'm fine no, with the way it kept going. Not done yet. <laughs> but to me, I was like, yes, just wrap it. Like, to me, like that would that was like an... Um, like an indie small film, Rojas at the shores. Like if they had ended it like that, where you're just like credits, you're like, that's <gasps> the ending. Wow. That's it. You know, like that's where I, th- and so when they had a wrap up, I was like, okay. However, con, I thought it was corny that he was able to be right back in the same scenario in the house with the guy at the end. And I was like, really? But again, I loved the message. I loved his monologue. I thought it was like, the, the way that they wrapped it together and the way he presented that monologue, I don't want to give things away because I really think people should see this. I was about Powerful, to say, careful. Mo- moving yeah, and close. intense. <laughs> nope, that's why I'm, I'm trying to I prep myself for this. Um, <laughs> I just think that it was so well done, I immediately texted you guys. Guys, that's when I texted you and said, how did this not get any nominations? Mm. How did this get no recognition? Because... That, make that, al- to me. that yeah. alone, that performance alone in that scene was glorified of any recognition. Never mind the entire flick. The entire movie was well done and well put together. The soundtrack, the way things were transitioned with sound editing, yeah, I was the, the hooked the whole time. Were really good. I thought, yeah. I thought the editing was just phenomenal. Yeah, so right? that was the yeah. only negative yeah. I took away from that flick. You look up yeah. uh, um, Oscar snub and blind spotting. I really like when the um, when the title like has its perfect title moment. Mm. Yeah, I was gonna say that too, Mark. Like, yes. they do, like the like the point when they just say the title, which is always good. But this one, when like the definition like literally ties in like amazingly, at the, at the, and it's it organic. Give anything away if you look up the definition of the the word. Before you watch. Well, that too, when they described that, though, at, like, towards the end, 
they described it twice what that word meant in mm. the context of the movie, and you're like, oh, good to see you, and then they use it a second time, and you're I literally did, Mark, yeah. I did the, yeah. Yeah. the golf club. I, I think I, I did like, the, I think I got up and did the Leonardo yes. DiCaprio point meme. Yes. So good. If you were to search uh, blind spotting and snubbed, like a dozen articles come up about the Oscars that year, but how it didn't get any nominations uh, when the nominations rolled out in it. January. I mean, it is, yeah, it is frustrating, guys. Uh, excellent movie. I think we all are in agreement that our listeners, especially during this time, should, we are in agreement, should watch <laughs> this movie right now, especially since if you have HBO and it's, uh, it's off HBO in a month. So get on that, but I, I, this is a great movie. It really is. Yeah, um, it was. To quote Brian Gumble, let's move on. A Clockwork <laughs> Orange. Uh, that's the oh, other movie man. we're going to talk <laughs> talk about right now. Uh, also on the AFI list, along with a few other movies that we'll be discussing, the AFI 100, uh, came out in 1972. A film directed by Stanley Kubrick starring Malcolm McDowell. In the future, a sadistic gang leader is imprisoned and volunteers for a conduct aversion experiment, but it doesn't go as planned. Based on a book, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Film Editing. It was rated X when it came out. Yes, an X-rated movie was wow. nominated for uh, all those Oscars. Whoa. Yeah, it was. Uh, people were in a tizzy at the time. It did lead to some co- copycat killers uh, singing uh, "Singing in the Rain" while committing uh, atrocious crimes during the time. Uh, not good. Not what you want. Very controversial. Controversial film. I think last time we started with Mark. Let's start with Boyle. Uh, Boyle. Thoughts? Um, so I'll, I'll we're going to keep right it brief. Out. This is a five minute yeah. segment. Let's keep this, this brief. Is, yeah, this is, I gave this a seven out of 10. Um, this oil. to me, I know it's like, uh, it's one of those AFI's best like movies of all time, but to me, it just, I don't know. It lacks something. And, and I know Mark's going to grill me for something in a few minutes. So I'm going to let it, let him have that shine. Um, I said something stupid come right out the bat. I really wasn't <laughs> thinking about it. Um, but overall, has this set up for future thriller suspense that we're now more common with? Yes. It just, there was something about it that it was so over the top in some senses. I don't know. I just like, I wasn't loving it. I wasn't enjoying it. It is not a movie to love. No, no, no. But I just mean like there wasn't, I, I didn't like at the end, they wanted you to feel compassion for the character. And I felt nothing for him the whole time. I'm like, eh, I want nothing to go. I don't even want this experiment to go well. Like, I just, like, so it was this weird, okay, keep floating through the film, and towards the end, then you're like, he still wins? And you're just like, or does ah, he? the world's sick. Or does he? I don't know. He does, though. He's free. I don't know. See so how anyway, it's, it's left up to interpretation. Yeah, oh, it is. Boy. So I'll, you know, I think we should hash this out, but overall, I thought it was really well done, and I thought the score was well put together and, and the music complemented the movie throughout i mean they they really did a well job putting it together but it just isn't something that i feel like i ever unless i'm showing my children like not children but my kids one day is adults like what? this isn't something that i ever well just like when you know i never would have known about this afi if it wasn't for you guys so if they right. never come across it like i'd be like oh one of the afi's top 100s i'd show it to them but besides that, I just like, I don't know. I wouldn't recommend this to anyone who hasn't seen it. But that's just me. So, no, that's right. um, what do you think, Ross? So I gave this movie eight kernels out of ten on the Fisher scale. I'm gonna go quickly. Uh, Mark and I were talking about this after we saw the movie. Just like Stanley, I mean, Stanley Kubrick makes fascinating movies. I mean, 
even the ones that I don't really find myself entertained by, I am in awe of. Just the way he's telling this story about how the extremes of both sides, you know, you know, politically, socially, can be problematic in trying to control people um, or trying to use people in order to control the other side. And it's just fascinating how this, you know, and again, it's not an original concept by him. It's, it's based off a book that was written 10 years earlier by an author that he worked with a few times. And uh, just the way that he just makes imagery in this movie that really sticks out. This is, again, a movie that's supposed to take place in the future. There's like a little bit of futuristic elements in it that I thought were interesting. And uh, I don't want to, I know Mark's going to have this point too, but um, just the way that some of the music gets used in scenes where you don't think that that music feels appropriate is just stuff like that. I love and using it in this sense of this movie kind of feels inappropriate to say it like that though. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just fascinated by that. I'm also fascinated by when scenery again, doesn't match up with how dark the stuff is. So intense movie, eight out of 10. I was, I was like, man, this is, I can see why this has stood the test of time. Cause you, the old noggin gets changed after you watch a movie like this. Mark, what'd you think about it? Uh, I gave it three and a half stars. Um, I thought it was good, um, but not, there was something about it, kind of like what Boyle was saying, something about it just, I wouldn't want to, I don't even want to say that it's an uncomfortable like topic because we, you guys mentioned um, how how it was like nuts for his time, um, like how it was X-rated. So, you know, with how controversial it was, like that aspect I, I did re- respect. Um, but what Rojas touched on, was uh, when the music and like the actual scenery of like what's going on don't match up, like um, fitting the mood or the style. That's one of my favorite things. Like they they utilized one of the the most famous classical songs. That's a happy, a, like a general like happy song, and they completely warped it. With, with can we just do spoilers because this is like forty yeah, years old? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50, it's almost fifty years old. Yeah, so it was like Beethoven's eighth, I believe. It was like that was his favorite. Beethoven's ninth, and that's his favorite. And they, and then they got that to like turn against him. And then yeah. as like a celebration, when that's on, and then you realize like our main character is just completely doomed, and it's like his favorite song, and like his eye just twitches like just a little way, and you're like, they got him. It's like the government just controlled you again. Um, or he, he used to get sick. Remember, he would get sick of even thinking about touching another human being in any physical, whether right. it's sexual or whether it was, like, physical trying to fight somebody. Like, he would just get sick right to his stomach. Like, crazy. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, this is just, like, a classic, like, cautionary tale, I guess, about, you know, the wickedness of society and then also the government behind it. Yeah. Um, but I will say... It, Nothing against Malcolm McDowell. He's obviously a phenomenal actor, but, like, his whole... It was just so weird, like, the way they spoke and kind of, you know, made me lose focus a lot with some of the sentences they're saying. Yeah. Because I don't know, like, maybe if it's just some, like, uh, old-timey English that we don't know. It was written uh, in the book. It's based off the language that's written in the book. The author writing it wanted to mix Russian slang with British kind of, like, slang and kind of, like, marry the two. So that it's a, its own kind of like unique language to kind of signify that in the future, Cold War sides, it didn't matter. Like it all just kind of right. meshed together. Oh, okay. So that's why we didn't understand it. It's because it's not understandable. Two, not, two accents and slings that we have no idea what's going on. Yeah. yeah it's just like, all right. Okay. Yeah. Slapping us yeah, in the Yeah, because it's not that the, the cast 
Like, it's not that they didn't do a good job. I thought they were solid. It's just Kubrick kind of went, like, too weird for me. <laughs> I couldn't, like, uh, keep up that well. It had iconic moments and stuff, but I just can't. I just couldn't give it more than three and a half stars. It, it felt a lot like checking a box. Like, I, all right, I'm cleaning this list. I saw it. I don't feel like I need to see this again. Does it belong on the AFI? Uh, now, I suggest, uh, <laughs> listeners, if you don't already and you are interested in the AFI 100 movies, uh, listen to Unspooled. They have an episode dedicated to each of the movies on the AFI 100. And they did a really good – uh, well, they always do a great job on each episode. But um, they do a really good job of getting across what makes these movies relevant. And then they disagree and, uh, and you know kind of debate about the relevance of this movie and does it belong on the list. So what kind of – what kind of balance do you guys strike with respect for a movie for what it did versus like entertainment value? Like where do you got, like, do you guys with, when it comes to this movie, is it like, all right, man, I respect it enough to give it a high score, but what, I don't know. How do you guys find that balance? I think that with another movie we're about to review, I think that deserves an AFI before this one. Mm-hmm. But then when we like, I, <laughs> we talked about this. I basically texted you guys about it, and I was like, "Well, I feel like I've seen this before." And Mark was like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> so funny. This is like, yeah. <laughs> and, and obviously, I've seen it before, but it was just like, I just, I guess, like when it think about North by Northwest, like that stood out more. So it, it was like more of like, okay, or maybe am I mixing this up now? Was that for North by? Am I mixing this up? Did I say that about North by Northwest? Or was it Clockwork Orange? Because I, I saw them back to back that day. But anyways, oh, you, my point. you said it about, no, you said it by North by Northwest, which is just absurd because it's one of the most like famous movies ever. Oh, I did yeah. mess so this so up. Many, okay. So like so many different shows and movies have parodied it. I know. Like, oh, I feel like I've seen it before. And I was like, I know because it's everywhere. <laughs> but I almost Ubiquitous. said the same thing about Clockwork Orange is that like I feel like I've seen it before, but... Okay, like, that one doesn't make sense to me because like yeah. one is like a Clockwork Orange, dude. I would hope not a lot of things are like a Clockwork yeah, name, Orange. Name one movie that's like a Clockwork. The Droogs. I feel like I guess I've just learned more psychology <laughs> of it. Of it, uh, maybe right. is that what it is? Like that, I maybe. feel like I've learned about stuff of this nature of them like try, of, of doctors trying to fix inmates that have you know gone through stuff like this and they use this hypnosis method and stuff like that so I, I guess I felt like I had seen that before but I'll get to that other point about that other thing later <laughs> quickly but, before we yeah move on yeah. to our next movie Boyle sorry to cut you off because no, we're, we're rambling uh, David Prowse the body of Darth Vader in this movie do you guys know that I didn't hear what you said so David Prowse, the voice of Darth Vader, uh, not the voice, sorry, the body of Darth Vader in the huh. original trilogy is in this movie. He's the manservant of the guy in the wheelchair. Wow. If you go back that's and see. Him? Yeah, that's the body of Darth okay, Vader. that makes sense. New, jacked. New Vader was jacked. Yep. That yep. does make sense. Okay, yep. Dude had quads for days. I was like, that guy does not miss a leg day. Um, let's move on. The man with the golden gun. We're continuing our James Bond Experiment all the way up to No Time to Die. 1974 film directed by Guy Hamilton, the last movie that he directed in the James Bond franchise, starring Roger Moore as James Bond and Christopher Lee as Scaramanga. James Bond is targeted by the world's most expensive assassin while he attempts to recover sensitive solar cell technology that is being sold to the highest bidder, 
Some quick anecdotes. It is the lowest grossing Bond movie of all time. Oh, sorry, one of one of the lowest grossing Bond movies. This coupled with behind the scenes issues nearly made this the final Bond movie and delayed production production on The Spy Who Loved Me, which came out in 1977. Um, and I'll get to a few other notes uh, later on when we get to it. But uh, uh, I don't really have much to say about this movie. I, I what I give it? I gave it a uh, I gave it a a tepid six out of ten. Eh, I liked it. Uh, I, the only thing I will say, and then I'll pass it on to you, Mark. Did not expect the sheriff from Louisiana to be in this movie, <laughs> and was pleasantly surprised when I was like, "That guy looks a lot." Oh, it is that guy. Amazing. And the, yeah, I. All right, look, I liked it. I'm a sucker. That's all I want to say about that. Um, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, Mark, what what do you what do you think about this movie? I mean, I enjoyed it too. Like you said, I, I spit out my snacks when I saw that it was the sheriff again. Um, that was one of my favorite uh, reveals. <laughs> like needed it. Um, I gave it two and a half stars out of out of five. It's it's not good, but like um, I'm glad I saw it. It's like I needed to see this, but I I'm glad I don't have to ever see it again. No. Um, I think my joke was everyone loved um, Golden Gun for N64. Um, so that game was so good, they just made a random movie after it. <sighs> 20 years yeah, ago. Everyone's going to love that. Yeah, that one's going to kill. I mean, it, it's like, it's most dangerous game, but for Bond, it was yeah, it was kind of hilarious. I mean, Scaramanga or uh, Christopher Lee, wow, what a job. <laughs> he, was, he was so enjoyable. And then uh, I think my favorite part, though, was um, it was like saving the world was almost like the afterthought. It was like the main mission was like it's basically Bond one-on-one with like a super assassin. Yeah. I thought that was a nice little change-up because it's always like, you know, world safety or like yeah. my something safety. else ridiculous. Boy, when did you watch this? Uh, so I saw, I've actually watched all these movies within the past, like, three days, so I, I'm very fr- aware of all of these. Um, I gave this a 5.5 out of 10, so I'm right in between both of you. Um, I didn't hate this movie in comparison to a few of the others we've seen. Again, it's just your classic Roger Moore being Roger Moore. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to almost get, ba- you know, to get back to our good old boy soon, but, um, he... This one was interesting because, like Mark said, with the, you know, the golden gun and they just decided to make a movie. First of all, (laughs) the only thing that saved this movie was the fact that Christopher Lee was in this movie. Because when he showed up in the beginning, I was just like, I didn't recognize him. Mm. And the movie was going on. And then all of a sudden, like, I remember, like, I looked away because every Bond movie, I look at my phone. I'll I'll admit it. 100%. 100%. So I looked at my phone to answer to, I think it was you guys, because half the time I have like 23 messages in our group or something. So like, I opened it up to respond, and all of a sudden I like, I heard his voice again, and I'm like, hey, that sounds like the guy from Lord of the Rings. And I like looked up at it, and I was like, hey, wait a second, <laughs> it is him, you know, and uh, so I, I just like, and that was like the first like what, 30 minutes in or something like that. So I was kind of hooked from that. Um, it was kind of funny because James Bond really messed up kind of bad in the first 30 minutes um, and got in trouble and, like, almost, like, got discharged in a way. And then, like, what? He got a slap oh. on the wrist. Yeah. And then uh, he, he did. And then, like, it was kind of cool to see that he kind of recovered. Um, 
in a way to try to go back to his old ways. I don't know. It was, it was a little fun ride. It was what it was. We never have to see it again. The only thing I did take away from it was how cool that golden gun was. Pretty sweet. I mean, the fact that he was able to take out these two little pieces and kind of just, while the guy's talking to him, yeah. he's just slowly putting this gun together and then it's like, by the way. <laughs> it's based like, off uh, oh. KGB spies uh, used to have a gun that had one shot in it and like a cigarette thing. So it's it's based in reality, actually. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really was. And they'd come and they'd be able to quickly put it together and kick Silent Assassin and they'd leave. So. Chris, Christopher Lee, when he came, went to uh, California to promote the movie, he got that confiscated by uh, U.S. security. Uh, his golden gun. He's like, uh, it's not a real gun. I'm just – I'm Christopher Lee. Yeah. Wow. So that's kind of funny. I do want to say this before we move on. Uh, so you guys will remember and, you know – this might not have been the highlight for you, but the highlight for me in this movie, the car flip over the river with the slide whistle sound effect. I was like, oh my God, what just happened? So a little background on IMDb. It says uh, the slide whistle when the car rolled over the river. The director said he added that because audiences wouldn't take it seriously. He says he has regretted this decision ever since uh, he put that in. You're not thinking that. I sure am, boy. Ever heard of Evil Knievel? Uh, it was the first ever stunt calculated by computer modeling. That's crazy. Wow. So they saw this. They ruined it by that. <laughs> they ruined it by. It completely took it away. They. <laughs> Bef- years before this movie went in production, they kind of saw that this stunt could be done, and they tried to copyright the move so it couldn't be done in any other movie until they filmed this movie in 1974. So they were planning it for like two, three years, the producers of this movie. So they got a stunt driver, the special stunt car. They had eight cameras filming it, and they said they tried to get insured everything. They were like, you got one take to do this because – we don't want to kill you. We don't want you to die. One take. That was the only take. They had so wow, much people so cool. on set to just save that person's life if something went wrong. Um, yeah, one take. And then they did the slide whistle and they're like, damn it. But it's kind of funny because watching that, I was like, was that fake what they just did? No, it was real. That was an actual stunt. What did you guys think about that part? That's kind of when the movie takes a turn for me. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I love it. Yeah, I feel like that was also, yeah, it was right in that. That was the car chase scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I remember at that point being like, okay, they finally are taking aware of how ridiculous this movie is, so I'm glad we can kind of turn the page. At first, it was taking itself very seriously. That whole martial really arts like sequence. Sh- they only put that in the movie because martial arts was becoming popular in the country, Mark. That's it. I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, I thought like it was immediately campy just like starts to oh, like, oh really never is taking it so seriously yeah because they brought in the dude from fantasy island and, like i know like, see i saw that immediately and i was like, and I was like is... he's from fantasy island this is weird <laughs> yeah exactly so i was like he's running around i was like all seriousness come on like yeah and he was a prankster the whole time i love yeah, him. He's, a, he's a little he's a little prankster they're doing like Funhouse uh, crap, like um, yeah, in like the opening scenes and stuff. It was like a funhouse of murder, I guess. I don't know. I was not. <laughs> I Dude, was him laughing. chasing Bond, chasing him around the hotel room 
was I was crap. Yeah, so I'm funny. Laughing my ass off. I'll so good. No, no, no. We're leaving that in. So it's a two and a half out of five for Mark. It's a five point five out of ten for Boyle and a six out of ten for me. Uh, yeah, the show rolls on with Bond. All right, you guys are gonna take the reins on this one. Two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, a nineteen sixty eight oh, film directed by Stanley Kubrick. After discovering a mysterious artifact buried underneath the lunar surface, mankind sets off on a quest to find its origins with help from intellect, intelligent supercomputer HAL 9000. Nominated for four Oscars, won Best Effects, which is uh, the special visual effects. Uh, the Oscar categories were all named kind of different things. Uh, again, my only fun fact for uh, HAL, it's, uh, each letter is one letter off from uh, IBM, which was uh, the big computer I at the time. I saw that review too. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a fun fact about that one. So, um, guys, I I haven't seen this movie in about almost two years now, or so. So I'll hold off on this one. You guys, what'd you guys think? Boyle, we'll start with you. Um, I think that I'm actually I'm switching in between audio and stuff, so that's why I'm glitching. Um, I at all right. First of all, the first. 10 to 12 minutes of this movie had me like still contemplating every like 30 seconds. I wasn't watching the right movie. Um, cause I was like, I knew it was a space odyssey and the whole first, like I'm pretty sure 15 minutes was like this weird, the first two and a half minutes was straight score, like very intense score too. And then the movie starts, and then once the movie started, then it came into the score, and then the ape scene, and all this stuff, and I'm like, am I watching the right flick? I'm like, I'm looking around my house like somebody's playing a joke on me or something. Um, it's intense. It is. The music then, is like, intense I'm, throughout the entire movie. The mu- And that's where I was going with this, is that the score carried this movie. I thought it was very interesting what they did for a movie that came out in 68, um, it was incredibly enticing the entire movie where you have this supernatural computer system that's running the spaceship while they're trying to go on this mission that he finds out information and then this whole ending that was just like, it was a, and, and the way the director did it with the, the scenes of the lights and the, you know, when he's going through his dimension and stuff and you're just in this wild roller coaster mind mess of a ride and and at the end i felt like it was finally done i was like what did i just watch like i felt like taken aback um but i i still like can give it the fact that it is um i mean for for its time period for what it was what it was trying to show and prove and mean i mean this to me was a nine out of ten every day of the week and the score complemented it, and I think that the score probably helped it even gain that high of a score. Um, I felt like that was the leading reign of how great this movie was. But, Mark, what are your takes on this? I'm glad you asked, Boyle. I said three words after this, uh, after the credits started to roll. It was ominous, it was astounding, and it was outstanding. I loved it. Um, I gave it five out of five stars. Um, extremely enjoyable just from start to finish. It, it stimulated, you know, all the senses on this one. They were all over the place. I thought, just uh, what you guys mentioned earlier, the, the score was so profound, and it was added with like intense acting uh, from the cast, and also the writing was just stellar. 
I thought there was like no wasted words. It's like kind of perfectly for space. I thought what they did, um, you know, translating the perils of space into this movie in 1968 is amazing. Amazing. Um, I actually, um, to me, I just thought that the score was the highlight of the film. Um, I just thought the scenes and the way that they were soundtracked, it was just, it was perfect. And also, uh, Ric Flair's theme song is the Space Odyssey theme song. Dun, so, dun, 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 <laughs> perfect. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the movie was amazing. And uh, the, the twist ending is just unparalleled. In my five out of five, go see it. Okay, so that's 2001, A Space Odyssey. Thank you guys for sharing that and carrying the load on that one. Again, we're just covering old movies because there's not really much new movies to talk about this week. North by Northwest, a 1959 film directed by Alfred Hitchcock, starring Cary Grant, Avis Marie Saint, and James Mason. A New York City advertising executive goes on the run after being mistaken for a government agent by a group of foreign spies. I briefly talked about this a few episodes ago, but you guys have both seen it now. I want to know what your thoughts were. Uh, Mark, what would you think about North by Northwest? This movie, I mean, it was great. Um... It was one of those movies where I felt like I knew the story so well. I was in. We lost Mark DeSisto. Boyle, take I'm the here. lead. Take the lead. I'll take it. Um, so, Nick, you suggested this to both of us, and we both were very enticed into What the hell was that? <laughs> That's so funny. Some technical difficulties. That's, I'm leaving that in. That is real time. I wish people could have seen just Mark just float in as a floating head into the frame. Like, what just happened? Did I just die? Dude, you, you literally looked like you died and came back to life. Like, oh. It was like a video game character that just had to respawn. Like, well, guys, I got no scoped. I'm back. Marty, we got to go back to 18, 1985. Oh, man. Uh, but, well, Mark, you were on the train. Go, go for it. Sorry, boy. Yeah, take away. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of that, um, you know, I thought it's one of the most recognizable films of all time. Um, like our, our co-host had mentioned, um, he felt like he had seen it before. That's because it's been um, copied, mimicked, uh, and or parodied, you know, in so many different markets and forms of media. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, um, but there was something off about it for me um, that I just like, I couldn't give it five stars. It's like kind of one of those deals. I'm like, you, you don't deserve this, even though I enjoyed you thoroughly. Um, Roger Thornhill played by Cary Grant was, I, I like Cary Grant. Who doesn't? I just thought he, um, such a serious role didn't fit him that well. Um, it's an all-timer. I mean, it's on HBO Max, so if you have HBO, I'd, I'd see it as soon as you can. Uh, but, yeah, I just thought I thought they really nailed their roles. So I, I was I was sucked in. I was dialed in. Um, but, yeah, it's just like it's got like something that's a little off that you're not going to instantly say, like, this is the perfect movie to me. And I four think... and a half. Four and a half out of five. And, again, Unspooled did an episode about this, guys, and... Um... I believe at the time, you gotta love how on Mount I'm looking at the movie poster right now, and Mount Rushmore is the four founding fathers there, and Hitchcock is one of the, is the fifth member of it. I'm just realizing it now. That's hysterical. Yeah, I think some of these Hitchcock movies at the time people just didn't appreciate, and then uh, 
and then years later they're like actually that was amazing um so yeah Boyle, what'd you think about it um yeah i'm i know what comment i made but that doesn't reflect the way i thought of this movie uh i i really did enjoy it mark i i think i know what you're gonna i'm you can totally to be like no you're wrong i think it was too i i think it was too long I, I know I always say that, and I know it's no, a film, so I'm it's actually, different. But, like... Uh, I, I give it to you. That's yeah. fair. That's a, that's a, that's a fair criticism no. of the movie. Yeah, that's the only thing. I think a little bit shorter, and I would have loved this movie. But there was, like, some scenes that, again, back to what we were just talking about with Golden Gun, where they actually, we didn't even talk about the fact that they used the same scenes again, just like they've done. This must be a Roger Moore sort of style Bond thing, where they just use the same scene over and over again. And it was in that drive crash, Rojas, with the car. They kept going back and forth to the driver, to the crash, to the driver, to the crash. Same thing. It was when he was in the cornfield, and in North by Northwest, and he kept, like, it was the cornfield and then it was the plane. It was the cornfield and the plane. We're like, I get it. Move on. Like, and it was just like, there were just some things I felt like they could have cut back on. Like, that cornfield scene was way too long. Wow. That is, like, literally considered, like, one of, like, the greatest action sequences in, in cinematic history in terms of just, like, that's the one when they talk about North by Northwest. They talk about that shot of Cary Grant looking back as the plane is, the crop duster is flying. Yes. Yes, I know they do. And well, I know that's even – that's the Peter Griffin one, Mark, that you were talking about when he's getting chased down. It was just like – Yeah, exactly. Alfred Hitchcock I, would be I, rolling over in his grave knowing that I you know. know the Peter Griffin version of it better than the North by Northwest <laughs> version of it. It's like what have I it, done? I just felt that at that point I was like I get what you're trying to do with this scene, but let's keep it going. But again – if I like, for instance, okay, I gave this movie an eight point five out of ten. I would round up to a nine out of ten. I I did enjoy this movie a lot, and I did love this movie. But I almost just think like maybe I would have given it the ten out of ten if it was a different time era, and we haven't seen million and umpteen movies, whatever, and just like, and, and I know we try to factor that in when we see this and all this stuff, and I'm gonna get backlash, and I can't wait. But it's just like. I really just think it was a good movie, and I think people should see this. I'm glad we took the time and we all saw this, and Ross, you really led that train with that, so thanks for pushing us to do this, because this is one of those movies I feel like, as a moviegoer and as us being critics, we should see that, because that was the staple of many other movies that we've seen, even though I distinctly talked about how I thought I've seen this before and all this stuff. I bet seeing this in theaters in 1959, like, this must have been nuts. Yeah, it would have been nuts. Like, this is um, amazing. Like, there's just so many great scenes in that movie. But uh, I already talked about this movie. But uh, so the only thing I want to do is a uh, Cary Grant impression. So you go, of course. That's what, There you go. That's my Cary Grant. <laughs> no, it's really? it's like what Mark said in his review on Letterboxd to plug Mark's uh, review. I loved Cary Grant in this movie. But I completely understand and accept the criticism that it's like he's in his own movie the entire time. It's people are acting in this movie over here. And Cary Grant's like. I got a rebuttal for everything you say. I'm talking like this. And I'm like, I'm here for it, Carrie. You're, you're committed to this. Um, but yeah, that's all I want to say about that. Let's move on. Wow. A lot of movies talked about here. Let's go to our quick picks. We're going to do it a little bit differently now. You get two minutes each to talk about these movies that you actually want to, uh, you, you, you know, you liked to really liked. Um, and we're going to do a quick picks, which is the opposite. 
after that, you get you get one minute to really just rip on a movie that or one to three movies that you don't want people to watch. Um, so, quick picks. I'm not going to need the full two minutes here, but let's go for it. My quick picks for the week. Uh, the Laundromat, it's on Netflix. It's Steven Soderbergh directed. It's a movie about the Panama Papers. It's one of those movies that's much more informational, informational than it is entertainment to tell you about something that actually happened, but putting it in the context of like kind of like a, a fictional storyline to kind of make it easy for you to understand. It's it's one of those things where if you if you're really interested in what the Panama Papers were about, I think you could do worse. But yeah, six out of ten, it was okay. Cape Fear, Martin Scorsese movie. From the early 90s with Robert De Niro. Thriller, Nick Nolte. It's a remake of a movie from the 60s um, of the same name. Fascinating movie. Thriller. Goes on a little bit too long. I will say that. It goes on a little bit too long. But I thought it was a really well-made thriller. Just really solid acting. Really interesting storyline. I'm a fan. And it was on Netflix. And then Out of Time. This movie's on Amazon Prime. Denzel. Eva Mendez. From... 2003 it's it's the perfect dad on the couch saturday afternoon while it's like the summer or rainy whatever the weather saturday afternoon movie it is not going to require you to do a lot of heavy lifting or thinking at all and i enjoyed it it's the first 30 minutes though you're going to be like what's this movie really about and then eventually something happens you're like oh that's what this movie's about let's cook pretty cool movie i liked it, it you wouldn't think denzel would be in a movie like this uh, later in his career, but then you realize that it came out in 03 and you're like, oh, okay, it makes sense. So out of time, it's on Amazon Prime. I, I would check those movies out um, if if you have the time. Boyle, what are your three picks? Well, unfortunately, I only have two. <laughs> so I'll be quick. Um, the first one I want to talk about is um, it's actually – I don't kill me on this. I don't have the actual name of it. It's the psychedelic Netflix movie, Rojas. It's a documentary that you talked about last week. Um, I finally got around to watching it. Do you know the name of it? Wait, I talked about it? I thought you would mention it last week. Unless we mentioned it off camera. There's a explained episode about psychedelic drugs. But I didn't watch that documentary that is specific oh. to psychedelic stuff. Wow. Maybe I dreamt that then. Wow, okay. Very possible. Uh, or maybe I was a part of that dream, guys. Yo. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I, I finally watched that, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was it, – it is your classic. You are not getting anything out of this documentary. Don't go in expecting to learn anything. Don't go in expecting to walk out feeling changed. You're going in for an hour, maybe I think it might have been an hour and a half tops, of just like – just a weird like – Cool visuals, cool funny stories of celebrities, and that's it. So um, I gave that a 9 out of 10. It was just a fun watch. And then I also watched Inception. Inception, always a 10 out of 10 for me, Mark. We can talk about it all the time. But it was just a beautiful, great – I would actually argue 9.5 out of 10, but I got to stick with my 10 out of 10. It's still such a good movie, man. I don't know what you hate about was. the movie. It never I was a good it. movie. It can't still be a good movie if it never was. Well, I can't wait to put that idea into your head, uh, and maybe you're dreaming right now. Done. No, Godzilla's in my dreams, dude. I got King of the Monsters in there. <laughs> I don't know. With that latest 10 out of 10, I don't know if Godzilla's really in your mind. <laughs> All right, here we go. Boyle went for like a minute and like 54 seconds. Good for you, Boyle. Maybe yes. more than that. Is it my turn? Do I get my Yes, it, it is your turn in three, two, one, go. 
happy birthday, Clint Eastwood. Um, that happened in between our uh, recordings. So I went ahead and watched three of his. I watched A Fistful of Dollars. I watched For a Few Dollars More. And then Unforgiven um, from 1992. All three of those movies were just peak Clint Eastwood. Um, he's a, like, in a, just a badass Western cowboy, outlaw, the whole deal, and pretty much all of them. Uh, Unforgiven, he's much older. And it kind of like him just showing he still has this fastball for these type of movies. Go see him. Uh, I gave him like an average rating of four to four and a half for the they're exceptional movies, especially for any Clint Eastwood fans. Um, so that's mine. Go see A Fistful of Dollars or A Few Dollars More and Unforgiven. Um, I believe those, uh, the dollar, or I don't know what they call that trilogy. The Man with the no Name trilogy. trilogy. Dollar Trilogy. HBO Max? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah. Unforgiven, Unforgiven is also on the AFI 100. Um, really good movie. I gave that one 8 out of 10. I, I really like that movie. I gave that one a 4.5 out of 10. Yeah. I mean, uh, 4.5 out of 5. Gene Hackman movie. in that movie. He's awesome in that Yeah, movie. he is. All right, quick picks. The opposite. I, I don't even need a full minute. I only have one movie. And I just want to say I saw Mr. Wright. It's Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick. It's on Netflix. I did not like this movie. It's one of those movies where it tries to sell you on the fact that those two people are in it. It tries to sell you on that little 15-second preview it shows you on Netflix. Do not fall for it. This is just kind of a lazy rom-com that is just – It's the tone is there the entire time. I got to give them that. They suck to the tone. But when the tone is just so quirky and just not – it's not – eh. Four out of ten. Didn't like. That's it. That's my opposite of quick pick. Avoid it. Mr. Right. It's wrong. There you go. That's my joke. <laughs> Nailed it. You guys have any ones you want to rip into? Yes, I do. Oh, um, yes. Go. People are going to tell you um, to go ahead and watch V for Vendetta on Netflix. Oh, my God. It's just like uh, Today's Society and all that stuff. No, it isn't. Don't see V for Vendetta. Um, I'm trying to not remember, remember the 5th of November. I'm I'm sick of everyone telling me how good this movie is. I gave it three out of five stars, but people who like it will tell you they have to go see it. No, you don't. You don't have to see it. It's not that great. I thought the directing was just like campy at best. Like it was lame in spots when it should have been awesome. That's all I'm going to say about that. Don't see it. Yeah, I'm reading your letterbox review right now. I can't wait to read it <laughs> later. But yeah, it's. Uh... One of those movies that's like you don't get it, man. Like yeah. that's what I think of when I think of that movie. I've I've seen bits and pieces, and uh, I it's feel just like... absurd. It's absurd, and it's like over over the top in a bad way. Like it could have been awesome, but it's not. Yeah, and that makes me upset. I'm I'm disappointed. And it's <laughs> yes. it's worse than being mad at. I'm I'm just yeah. disappointed. Boy, like I, I boo them. I I boo you, Vendetta. <gasps> boo. <laughs> Well, so you don't have any quick picks that are the opposite, right? Because you just didn't see enough movies to... Yeah, no. <clears throat> um, the worst part is I've only watched, like, three other shows I'm trying to chip away at. Space Force, uh, Miss Marvelous Miss Maisel, and Ozark. So for me to try to watch the movies at the same time, it's been tough again. And trying to enjoy this, you know, the nice weather... Um, AJ's back home from the Marines, so that also took away the past, like, five days for me, so, um, it's just, it's kind of been a heck of a ride, and, and, a, and a lot going on, so I've, I've, I've been enjoying what we've been watching, and excited for the next week or two, because 
I got some stuff to do at home, so I got some time to fill in with some good movies. So, yeah. did you finish Space Force? Dude, I am still only, I'm I'm halfway through the second episode. This show, there's something about it, man. You can't get through it. I don't know if I'll ever get it done. I don't think I'll ever get it done. I I, really I, I binge watch. I think it took me like three three days to watch it. It's just one of those shows that I was like, I just got to keep seeing what happens. Yeah. But it's not like it's like. But you don't care. But I don't care. Like and it was the weirdest also, thing. Like, you just sit in there and you're kind of like, huh? like you might if yes if that it's just like no belly you laughs. Just take it for what it is and yeah. I it don't know. it's the kind it's of shows that's show. like this is a joke, joke. Yeah. And you're like and ha. to hear that they were scheduled for a season two be like sorry let me rephrase this they started filming season two before they were approved for season two and then are approved now it's just like how how this was a joke this wasn't this was a joke to make one season why are we still going my hope is that it who wants this (laughs) my hope is that it has like a a parks and recreation style uh resuscitation where they find their voice. They see what works, what doesn't work, and approve that way. But I don't know. Mark, um, Mark you watching any shows? Uh, I've been watching New Girl. It's yeah. Surprisingly hilarious. Love New think, Girl. I thought it was a chick show, to be honest. No, uh, it's it's a dude it's, show. It, New Girl rules, dude. Once you yeah. get past Jess, every other character's hilarious. She's I the worst Jess character. I think Jess is hysterical. No, I think she's wow. funny. For, I think sweet. I watched the first three or four seasons, I think. But I enjoyed every episode I watched. I only stopped watching because I just stopped watching TV in general. But New Girl was awesome in its prime. Just, uh, it's good stuff. How many seasons are you in right now? Me? Yeah. Um, I'm in season two right now. Okay. So, okay. All right. You yeah. got a long you, way to go. Yeah, you don't have Coach back yet. When Coach comes back, no, it's... No, I, I actually said that, too. Like, after I watched the first episode, I was like, wow, Coach is definitely going to be hilarious for me. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. When Coach, even when he comes back, they didn't make a bad choice there. Winston, Nick, and Schmidt, you will you will appreciate their characters, you will grow with their characters, and you will love them the, better than The writers did such show. a good job exploring each of those characters individually. Totally. Just Nick is just a, a schlub... Schmidt is just <laughs> such so a riot, insecure riot. Winston's yeah, also insecure. It's good stuff. That, it's good stuff. Good TV chat. Well, guys, uh, that's the end of the episode. Um, a lot of movies discussed. A lot of stuff to check out. Uh, I do want to go through our tweets that we got tonight uh, because we were reaching out for tweets, and uh, I hate that we're saving them all the way to the end here. But big shout-out hey, to – yeah, go, Boyle, go. I- Okay, I was going to say, there was one thing in blind spotting we didn't talk about, which I know, you know, we, we mentioned. <clears throat> when they broke down the whole racial barrier and he was doing that whole um, monologue to the, to the officer and stuff, I thought that one thing I needed to just throw out there, when he looked at him and, he, and the officer was like, I, I didn't mean to, and Miles broke the fourth wall looked at the camera and said did you and i was like oh i that to me was awesome i don't know if you guys caught that it wasn't him asking the character it was him asking the audience and like and pushing that movement and i meant to mention this earlier and i'm so mad i forgot but like 
that was another thing. I felt like they were really still trying to raise awareness for these things going on and trying to, it was just such an interesting and unique moment where he was looking at you as the audience and being like, did you like, were you making your own implicit biases at home? Like, you know, it was just, ah, oh, it was so good. I had to throw that out there. I almost forgot about it. But you just mentioned something a minute ago. I was like, oh, my God, I need to mention that. So, that no, was, what did yeah, we get that, from Twitter? No, but that was one of those moments where I was kind of like, okay, all right, I'm kind of getting a little spoon-fed oh, really? spoon here a little bit. That oh. was the only time where I was like, all right, I, I get it. You guys are winking to the camera a little bit too much. Yeah. Um, right. We got tweets. Uh, Jules Coco said, can you give us a scoop on what the H- this HBO update is? Uh, basically, Jules, you have HBO Max because you bought HBO Now. This, I feel like I'm just talking directly to my girlfriend here. As <laughs> I'm in like a show to audience that, thing. Yeah, this will test her to see if she listens. Yeah, she listens this far. Uh, you know what? That's a good point. Uh, shout out to Dual Redundancy. They watched the movie Road Trip tonight. Uh, but they, they did tweet at us. Uh, Dave Allen tweeted at us. He saw Uncut Gems again, and boy, does it still slap. The, the time just flies, and so many little throwaway lines from Sandler that I missed on round one. Very true. I liked it more the second time because I was like, oh, I missed these little parts. Uh, I was going to bring that up because yeah. I was like thinking, do I want to see it again? It's hot in the top ten, and Michaela's been like, hey, can we watch Uncut Gems again? I'm like, I haven't been feeling it because I had to watch all these other things, but I was like, I want to watch it again. So yeah. uh, I will watch it again eventually at some point. Uh, he said, "For as for HBO Max, or should I say HBO Now, since my app automatically changed and I still don't understand the difference, it's fine. Purple HBO. Yeah, Dave. Again, like we talked about earlier in this episode and how we talked on his episode, it is confusing. The only thing I, I don't know because – and I don't know – I don't – the last time I watched HBO Live was for Game of Thrones. I have no idea if HBO Max still has that HBO Now level of capability to watch something live. I have no idea. I don't watch any HBO shows live anymore. So – I can't really answer that question there. But there we go. So thank you guys for tweeting at us at uh, at the BNR Podcast. We're eventually going to have to change that Twitter handle to what our new title is soon. No spoilers, no giveaways. Uh, follow us on Instagram at the Boylan Ross Podcast. We're uh, trying to have some fun Photoshop graphics on there so to let you guys know that the episode's up. So take a look there. I know we did the wrong Missy one, Boyle. We got a lot of reaction to that one. Yeah, we did. A lot that of people love that. And that was so great. I love it. People love that picture. People, my dad was haunted. He had to look at his own son <laughs> just in shame. Uh, I didn't even yeah, share. I bet, dude, I will, I'll have to like re- relive that for you in front of him sometimes. Oh, my the God. Face. He'll be so disappointed. <laughs> um, thank you, guys. This is a great episode. He's so disappointed. We'll see you guys next time. Keep watching Are we movies. Ever going to reveal our new name or what? I was gonna say, when's that I happening? Like we're, like, we're like two hours in. No, we're, <laughs> we're, we'll reveal it next episode. I need the time to build the cover art. Right, All build right. suspense. Yes, right. exactly. So, thank you everybody for listening to this hour and twenty-three minute long episode. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Bye. Okay, greetings from Wichita, Kansas. I'm Cookie, and this is Kristen. And what did we watch? Uh, Point Break. The original Point Break, not the remake. Is that correct? Yes, there was. Wasn't that good either? So, anyways, so we saw the original with Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, Gary Busey, and the name of the detective at the FBI. He's from uh, Scrubs. Scrubs. Yes, I forgot his name. He was also in Platoon. A lot of people forget that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I have to. You have to Google that for us, Nick or Nick or mm-hmm. or Mark. I'll find it uh, while but we're talking. That being said, um, I wanted to have wanted to watch the original. It came out in 1991. I saw it in the movie theaters. Haven't seen it since. Um, Kristen doesn't even know if she ever saw it. Um, 
but she needed the ocean. Thank you. It was very sweet. I did enjoy watching the surf and the surfers and, and you know, that. John C. McKinley. McKinley, McKinley uh, was McKinley. him. Okay, yes. Um, Chief, okay. Yeah, and Lori Petty was in it. And oh, that's she's right. She's from a, a league, lot. A League of Their Own. Le- yeah. And Orange is the New Black. That's right, yes. Um, Boy, she's aged. Okay. I mean, not as bad as Keanu. Keanu still looks like Keanu. I, that you mean he's <clears throat> aged well. She hasn't aged well, is what you're correct. implying. Yes. So, um, back to the movie. Yeah. What? That was a movie? Eh, eh. I mean, Keanu is atrocious. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty atrocious. Bad. Johnny Utah. I mean, Ohio State. He's a Buckeye. But it the was still. Quotes <clears throat> acting he does is very bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you think about Swazi? Patricio, R.I.P. You know, eh, I mean, they respect that he did all his own surfing except for the last scene. and Did his own skydiving. Skydiving because he used to do that. And and you know what? R.I.P. I I, I respect Patrick Swayze. Just, I think it was a poorly written movie. It was the dialogue and all that. It was horrendous. It was a loose plot. Not very good. Yeah. Anthony from Flea, Anthony from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers yeah. makes an appearance. Yeah. I mean, he was bad too. He's he's perfect for that. But it was terrible. Look, yeah, it was but, just awful. Yeah. How about Gary Busey? Yes, exactly. Garbage. I mean, yeah. has it, he ever been known to be he, a great actor? I think when he was Buddy Holly, that was uh, about it. That's uh, the only role that I can recall him being halfway decent. But this was again. I think a lot of his stuff was. Purely off the cuff. Just. So you're just watching this movie for the surfing. Yep. The skydiving, the plot, the presidents. And that's about yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. just not right. it. So what do you give it? Wow. I have to actually rate it. Yeah. I give it a five out of ten. Okay. Which would be two and a half stars. Yeah, I think, um, right. yeah. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it. Okay? All right. All right. Take care. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>